Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Today, I am going to be doing a special solo episode. I'm really excited about this one. You know, I did a episode, I don't know, a while ago called 94 Things I Do to Set Myself Up for Success. So it wasn't really expat related at all. And I wasn't even sure if it belonged on the podcast, but I actually got a fantastic response for it. What happened was I did an episode basically about all of the things that I do throughout the day that actually at the end lead up to like a massive change in my life and really sets myself up for success and sets up my business for success. Well, I thought kind of continuing on with the same idea or at least kind of the same idea, I would thought because it's New Year's, let's do one on goal setting and how I map out things and plan out things for the year. So that's what today's episode is going to be. I'm going to call this episode or the working title of this episode at least is how I plan out my life to guarantee success. So this is really looking at the macro opposed to the micro. The 94 things was really the micro things, the very small stuff. This is the big plans through the year. So that's what we're going to do today. Before we jump into the episode, let me say Happy New Year's. I am really, really excited about 2023. I hope you are as well. I know that there are many dark things and bad things happening in the world. I am fully aware of it, and I am absolutely doing everything I can to fight about these things. But at the exact same time, I am a very positive and upbeat and passionate person. So I hope that always comes through in my content. There are dark days out there, but I want to be one of those shining lights and inspiration. I want to help people. I think there are viable solutions to what's happening in the world. And in 23 years of being an expat, the absolute best solution, the best vehicle for freedom that I have ever seen in my life, ever come across, ever witnessed, ever researched or read is the offshore markets and being an expat. There's just nothing else that compares. So however you describe it as flag theory, as perpetual traveler, as internationalization, as being an expat, a digital nomad, whatever terminology that you use for this, this is the vehicle that I have seen 
that will drive you closer to freedom. So that is really what this show is all about, is trying to help you get more freedom. You know, it is not just about retiring in a new country or doing a bit of traveling or anything like that. This entire podcast is about freedom and how do we get there. Obviously, there are slight differences with all of these terminologies, but I think they all blend together or they're all similar enough that they can kind of go under one umbrella. And that's really what we're doing at the Expat Money Show. So anyways, I hope that you guys had a fantastic New Year's Eve. I hope that you are excited about 2023. We certainly have a ton of really special, really exciting things planned for the year. And I guess that's what we're going to be talking about today. A couple of links for you. Last week's podcast episode got a great response on privacy and secrecy. That one was sponsored by myprivatebitcoin.com, myprivatebitcoin.com. If you guys are interested in cryptocurrency, if you have already set up your wallets, if you've already been buying on an exchange, or even if this is completely brand new to you and you have not done any of it, I highly recommend checking out this course at myprivatebitcoin.com. It's really going to walk you through things to make sure you do it in a private, anonymous manner, that you're staying safe and secure with all of your cryptocurrency. It is done by my friend Gabriel Custodiat, who was featured in that episode and had some amazing clips in there. He was also a speaker at our summit this year. So if you go to myprivatebitcoin.com, you're going to be able to find out more. And we've even included a 25% discount code on that for you. So I am recording this episode on Wednesday morning to go live for next Wednesday. So it is not New Year's Eve yet as I am recording this. But I have to do this one in advance because on Friday, I am actually going to Jamaica with my wife. And I am really excited about this because we have made this a special tradition in our family to always go away for our wedding anniversary. So last year we went to Aruba and it was fantastic. And I use this as a way to obviously reconnect with my wife. We leave the kids at home. We leave the nanny at home. We leave my mother at home. And it's just the pair of us and we go away. And what I want is a location where there's not too much to do. I kind of want a place where I can just sit around, enjoy the natural beauty, and just do a lot of thinking and reading and planning and mapping out. So that's really what we did in Aruba and what we're gonna be doing in Jamaica this coming week. So I think I'm going away for seven nights, eight days, something like that. So we are going to the beach and I am going to be bringing a stack of books with me that I wanna try to get through. I have downloaded a ton of my favorite podcast episodes. Actually, I might even do an episode one day on episodes and and a podcast episode about other podcasts podcast. Maybe that is a good idea. But I'm going to be downloading all of my favorite podcasts that I will be listening to. And I'm going to be bringing a couple of empty notebooks and a pen. And I'm going to spend this time to really do a lot of writing, generating ideas of different things that I want to accomplish throughout 2023, new content I want to put out, new things that I want to learn, everything like that. So I thought I would first try to get into or explain to you how I set goals because people always mention to me that I get a lot done. You know, I'm kind of hyperactive and I get so many things done with my business and with my life. Well, I guess the first step with all of this is my goal setting because I set goals in probably a very different manner than a lot of 
other people said. So let's use, say, language studying for an example. So a couple of years ago, I went really heavy into studying Spanish. And, you know, we had just arrived here in Panama and I had a, a bit of a background in Spanish, but my Spanish was pretty crummy. And I decided I wanted to really increase this. So I researched online what it took to become fluent in Spanish. A lot of people are just going to start buying books or courses or things like that. And they're not going to really understand the time and effort and work that goes into something like this. So I looked online and I found some quoted numbers. Then it took about 650 hours of in intense study to learn Spanish to a fluent level. And I thought, okay, 650 hours, that's quite doable. You know, if I try to just do it all at once or just hope that I'm going to hit my goal, then maybe that's not going to work. So instead, what I did was broke it down into years, months, weeks, days, and hours. So I figured if I need to do two hours of study a day, Monday to Friday, well, then how many hours is that going to get me? I think there's 260 weekdays in a year. So you're talking 420 hours. So let's say roughly it's going to take me about 18 months of study to kind of hit my 650 hours. Then I start looking at it and go, okay, what type of study do I want to do? I found personally that if I use an online tutor and there's someone else there waiting for me in a Zoom room or on Skype or whatever, then I'm going to show up. There's not going to be like, a, oh, I need to do this first. I need to do that. So I have someone else. I have some other counterparty to this so that I have a responsibility because I am very cognizant of other people's time and behavior. And if I've committed to do something, if I've told someone that I will do something or I will be somewhere, I am absolutely there. It is super important to me. So this was the first thing. So I would set, say, at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., Monday to Friday, every day, I would be doing an hour studying with them. And I think I was paying maybe six or eight dollars an hour. So it was not a huge outlay in costs. The program I was using, if you go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash italki, I talk I basically. If you go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash italki, then you would be able to use the same one that I did. And you can see that on there that I did probably about 350 or 400 hours of one-on-one -on -one study because that's an invitation from me. That's the personal invitation for me to use the same system. And then with that, you're going to get some free credit. So that's a good one to check out at expatmoneyshow.com forward slash italki. Next, I started looking at courses. So you guys have probably heard me talk about my friend Ollie quite a bit. He has an amazing program at storylearningcourses.com, storylearningcourses.com. And I use these quite a bit as well. They're really structured and they make sure that you have a lot of the vocabulary. So I went through those programs and dedicated a certain amount of hours to it. So then I would be looking at my dead time at night, the time at the end of the night where I'm very, very tired and I didn't have a lot to do. And I started filling these in with just hours of Netflix. So I would watch La Casa de Papel or La Grand Hotel and these other types of programs from Spain or from even some from Colombia or Argentina or Mexico or things like that. And I would just start using this as an opportunity to listen 
to the Spanish language. Anyways, I don't want to get too much into language learning. I mean, we have done entire episodes on this. Actually, we've done some huge episodes on this. We even did a best of last year on Spanish learning. But I just want you to understand the process. So I didn't just look at it and go, okay, I want to learn Spanish and I'm going to learn Spanish in this year. No, I actually went through at the beginning of the year when I set these goals for myself. I broke down the different methods. I broke down the different hours. I set the time. I had someone else who was going to be involved, the private tutor, and I made sure that I always was responsible. So I, I basically had a buddy in there who was helping me through these things and I was accountable to. So to bring things back around to goal setting, what I did not do was say, by the end of the year, I will be fluent in Spanish or in the, by the end of 18 months, I will be fluent in Spanish. I think that this is a terrible way to set goals. I think the best way to do it is to set it in things that you can absolutely control. I can't control how fast or how slow my brain is going to learn. I can't control if I'm going to actually remember the vocabulary or anything like that. But what I can control is the amount of hours that I put into it. So I figure out how many hours it's going to take and that is what I set. So it's something that I have a complete control of. It's not something external. It is something completely under my control. So I do this with everything. I do this with financial goals. I do this with content goals. I do this with any type of life goals. I don't try to set things based on the outcome. I try to set it on the method. So here's another example. My daughter is learning martial arts. Okay, we put her into martial arts about 18 months ago. And I did martial arts a lot when I was a child and it played a huge part in my life. It actually helped really shape me who I am as a human being. So I really wanted her to have this experience and she enjoys it very much. And she wants to be very good at it. She practices a lot. So what I decided to do was instead of just go like, okay, you're going to get this belt level in this year or something like that, or you're going to be able to do this move, or you're going to understand this kata, or you're going to be this good. What we instead did was, okay, let's just see the hours that we put in. So we started with one hour a day, two days a week, and she liked that. So then we talked to the dojo, the school, and said, okay, what if she did four days a week? So we paid a little bit extra and we did one hour a day. Then we found out that there's two different levels of class. Because my daughter is six and a half years old, she kind of fits in between. There's like a four years old to seven year old class and like a six year old to 10 year old class or some type of very, very small overlap. You know, maybe they butt up against each other. Maybe they overlap. I'm not sure. But we asked if we can send her to both classes. So then she started doing two hours a day, four days a week. So now she's really starting to improve. Then we started looking at it and going, okay, she's very good at this aspect, but she has some challenges and differences in other things, like some of the striking and blocking that she's not gotten. So we went out there and found another school. So then on the fifth day of the week, on Fridays, we found another school that really specializes in what she needed to learn. And then on Sunday mornings, we send her for private classes for two hours a day. So when you add it all up, you know, she's doing 11 hours of martial arts a week plus anything that she practices at home. Now, every other child at the school is only doing two hours a week. So you can imagine, all right, there's going to be a bit of a difference, you know, in the first couple of months. But imagine at a year, imagine at five years, imagine at 10 years. She's basically doing five years of study 
for every other child that does one year of study. So as she's been into it for about a year and a half, everybody at the dojo calls her like little ninja. They always just refer to her as the little ninja girl. And I think that this is hilarious. It's not because she's more talented than any of the other children or that she's very special as she's born with it or it's in her blood because her daddy did martial arts. No, it's the amount of time that she has put into it. So the goal was to get her good at martial arts, but we actually looked at it as a breakdown of time. So this is just another example of how you can really learn and accelerate things above and beyond anybody else who's in the marketplace. So I've given you an example from language learning and I'm giving you an example for my daughter, but I'm sure we could come up with probably 50 other examples on breaking down goals based on the time and what you can control. Like I can't control how fast she's going to learn a new kick or a kata or a weapons form or anything like that. But we can control the amount of time that she studies and then just understand that on the back end of that study time, there's going to be massive improvements on that. Next, I thought that I would read out some of my goals so far for 2023 and then kind of break down some of them and go into a little bit of depth for you. So you kind of understand, well, first of all, what we have on the go for 2023 at expatmoney.com and then what you guys can be excited about because there is a lot to be excited about, but also kind of how my brain works and how I organize all of these things. So this is not the final list. I will be adding to it. I will be taking away. And more than anything, I will be really fleshing out in my own mind how to accomplish all of these goals. So I'll be spending a lot of time figuring out first and foremost how to do the goals. So one of my favorite quotes is, if you give me six hours to chop down the tree, I'll spend the first five hours sharpening the axe. It's an Abraham Lincoln quote, and I think it's really important. So spending the initial time to figure out how to do the thing is as important as spending the time doing the thing. So making sure that you have all the resources, that it's all easily understood. You know, so I just spend a lot of time thinking about these. But what I thought is I would read through some of my goals for 2023, and then I will break down them as well. So one of the first things that I want to get done in 2023 is I want to publish three books. We want to publish three new books at Expat Money. So we published our first book back in 2018. It's called Expat Secrets, How to Pay Zero Taxes, Live Overseas, and Make Giant Piles of Money. We have sold tens of thousands of copies of this book, and it was a huge success. It was a number one bestseller, and it was really fantastic. Now, six years on, we've certainly learned a lot together through this podcast, as well as the newsletter and the blog and the summits and the trips and the webinars and all of the things that we've done. So what I want to do is I want to start a a new series of books called Expat's Guide. So what we're going to be doing is an Expat's Guide to Mexico, Expat's Guide to Panama, Expat's Guide to Costa Rica, etc., etc., etc. We actually spent all of last year writing a lot of the first drafts for these books. We've written five first drafts. Then we've taken the first book, which will be Expat's Guide to Mexico, and we are in the very, very, very final process of publishing it. So we've done the cover, we've done the proofreading, we did, I don't know, draft 12 or draft 14 or something like that. We've added all the images, we've got the quotes, we've got everything. So it should be coming out probably in the next couple of weeks. So we're really excited about that. So that will be book number one that we will publish. 
Then I want to do Expat's Guide to Panama. So these books are really like a how-to guide, start to finish, A to Z, on how to move to a new country. They're going to be offered in paperback format, so we'll have a soft cover, probably a hard cover as well. And maybe down the road, I will even do audiobook versions for Audible on them. So we'll see how that one goes. But definitely Kindle, hardcover, and paperback, those should be good. So the first one's going to be Mexico. The second one will be Panama. And then I'm not sure on the third one. We're either going to do Brazil or Costa Rica. We've got the first drafts done for both of those. So we'll have to see. We are also going to be doing a new book on digital nomads. So this might count towards my three books, but it might be the fourth book. I'm not sure exactly. Like I said, while we're in Jamaica this week, I'm going to plan this out a little bit more, but we've got a lot of the work done for the digital nomads book as well. So there's going to be a ton of new content coming out on that. Next, as we were talking about before with Spanish, I did get my Spanish to a very good level, but it is not perfect. It is very far from perfect. I can have conversations in most situations. I can talk to people and tell jokes and have group conversations. I can watch television and things like that, but there is still so much that I don't understand. So they kind of say to get to that beginner fluency level is about 650 hours, as I mentioned. I have probably studied for... I would say probably about 800 hours. I actually have it all written down because I had a special Spanish book where I tracked everything. That is another point, very, very, very important point. You have to track everything. I track everything that I do for all of my goals to know where I am at any time. I do this with my finances, with my business, with my learning, with my studying, with my reading, everything like that. I track everything. So if I went back, I would probably see that I did about 800, 820, 850. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's all written down. So during 2023, I want to study for an additional 365 hours. The math is pretty easy, basically 60 minutes a day, every single day. Now there will be days that I will miss. That will be absolutely normal. I have a lot of travel plans on the year. So then I just need to make sure that I'm making up for it. So in some days I'll do two hours or three hours. And then if I go away for a week, I'll be doing zero hours. But at the end of the year, I hope to accomplish 365 hours. I will be tracking it. I might even come back this time next year and let you know how I accomplished these goals, if I made it or not. I will pretty much make a guarantee now publicly that I will do it. 365 hours of study Spanish is really not a big deal. I mean, you just need to make it a priority. That is my second goal for the year. My third goal is reading. I always set a reading goal. I've done this for probably 20 years. When people hear me say that I've read over 2,000 books, you know, they think I'm just picking out a number, I don't know, out of nowhere or, or make-believe or something like that. No, I track this. I have tracked this since I was a teenager, how much I read, and I've always Always set reading goals for myself. So on average, I read about 100 books a year, and I have done this for decades now. So it's pretty easy to do the math that I've read over 2,000 books. During 2022, I think I am, uh, as of today's recording, and I might finish another one tonight, we'll see, but I think I'm at 92 books right now. So probably 93 or 94 books by the end of the year. So I'm going to be a little bit shy of my goal of 100 books. Actually, if I think back, my goal this year was 85 books. So I'm actually beating my goal. But like I said, on average, I do about 100 books. I remember a few years ago when I was living in the UAE before my children were born, or at least I think my daughter was very young, I think I read 125 books in a year, which was certainly the most I had ever read in my life, which basically works out to, you know, a book every couple of days. And 
that's really how I do look at it. I try to figure out how much I need to read per week or how much I need to read per month and then how much I need to read per week and then how much I need to read per day and then how many hours a day. I know roughly how many hours it takes me in a complicated paperback book. If I'm speed reading it, then I can probably get through 100 pages in about two and a half hours. So I can read a book, 250-page book, in three days, two days, something like that. You know, I just dedicate a little bit of time to it every night. We don't watch a lot of TV at the house. You know, sometimes we'll watch a movie together or if we find a new series, we'll watch it as a family. But that's kind of the exception, not the rule. We don't spend hours and hours in front of the television. Maybe two, three times a week, we'll watch about an hour of movie or television, but that's it. The majority of the time at night, I like to read. So I usually read for about three hours a night. And with that, if I do three hours a night, most days of week, then I can hit 100 books a year. I also really love audiobooks. And because I have so much experience with audiobooks, I was actually talking to someone the other day and telling the story about how I got into audiobooks. I remember when I was probably 12 years old, I used to go to the public library library and I used to get books on cassette tape and I would put it on the main stereo because we didn't have Walkmans or anything like that at that time. So I put it on the main stereo and I would lay on the couch and I would listen to these audio books and I just absolutely love it. I think that's also why I love doing podcasts, listening to podcasts, getting interviewed on podcasts because I have such a affinity towards audio types of programs and allowing my imagination to just kind of run wild, run free. So I've been listening to audiobooks for about 30 years, almost 30 years, I would guess. And I certainly include them when I'm talking about the books that I would read. So I don't just define it as a paperback book. I also include audiobooks in this. So what I do with my reading goals is I don't just kind of make it up as I go, just decide a book that day. I'm very purposeful about all of my reading because I even break it down into categories. Now, I have categories that I really like. I will go back to them year after year after year, but I also want to balance things out. So what I often do was I will start with things that I want to learn about and really have a firm understanding of, and then I will plan on reading those books. So I will actually talk about how I purchase books and how I read books in a minute, but just to kind of explain the reading categories. So for me, I really like books on business, on economics, on geopolitics, on a lot of these types of things. So I will plan out first, okay, I want to read 10 books on geopolitics this year. I want to read 10 books on economics. I want to read 10 books on business and, and 10 books on marketing. You know, I start breaking it down like this. I also really like history. So I always have 5, 10, 15 books on history that I read every single year. And I have the history that I really like. Like I really enjoy a lot of these ancient history. And I really enjoy Roman history. So I usually will read a couple of autobiographies or books by famous people on them and looking at things from different areas. I also have a very firm background in a lot of Asian history, specifically China, because I am interested in China because my wife is from China. So there's cultural ties there. Every time I mention China, someone gives me flack and says, I thought you were a libertarian. How can you like China? You know, the CCP It's like, listen, China is more than the CCP. <laughs> China has been a civilization for thousands and thousands of years. They have a very, very rich history, language, food, culture, everything like that. The Communist Party has been in for 50, 60 years, and that's it. Obviously, I do not agree with that as a libertarian, but what I am fascinated in 
is a lot of the Chinese thinking and the mentality and the language and all of these types of things. So I like to study a lot of those things and I like a lot of the relationships and where China fits in because it really is probably the most different country on planet Earth. Well, I've been there probably 20 to 30 times during my life. We own properties there. My mother and father-in-law, they don't speak any English. So I've studied Chinese. Actually, it's on my list to talk about Chinese later on. But, you know, I will always study a little bit about that. I also put in a little bit of fiction into my reading list. Probably not more than 10% of my reading list is fiction, but I do think it is very important to read fiction. I think that not just from the enjoyment standpoint, but also from the business standpoint, I think it's so, so, so important to read fiction books. And here is why. A lot of what I am doing is I am telling stories. I'm telling stories in these podcasts, whether you realize it or not. I am telling stories in the email newsletter. I'm telling stories throughout the work and, and all of my things. I'm, I'm trying to craft ideas in a way that is compelling for you, the listener, to consume the content so that you know and understand these things so that you can get the most benefit out of that. And for that, you have to understand storytelling. You have to understand characters. You have to understand plot. You have to understand pitch and cadence and tonality. You have to understand speed and tempo and all of these types of things. So I get a lot of that when I read fiction books. And I try to really read things, obviously ones that interest me, but also really top quality, really high caliber type of work. So I always make sure that I put stuff in there. I really like very imaginative, very large, complex worlds. So I like a lot of science fiction and I like mostly actually fantasy writing. So you can think of things like Robert Jordan or George R.R. Martin. You know, I love these types of books and I read them, you know, I started reading things like this 20 some odd years ago, way before there was ever televisions or movies or these became popular or anything like that. I was always looking at the highest caliber writers in these fields. And I've read, I don't even know, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of these types of books by different authors. And I like the really, really big, huge, complex worlds that span, you know, 10, 15 books, 20 books, something like that. And I like all of the detail. I think that it's also why I love traveling so much because it's so complex when you start learning about different countries and cultures and things like that. I don't like the really, really simple stuff. I like the really, really big things, the things that are difficult to understand. I guess it just scratches certain types of itches for me. So next in my reading category, what I'm looking at is what I want to learn for the year ahead. You know, I don't just keep up to date with things or look at new ideas of concepts that I'm already an expert in. I'm already an expert on a lot of the geopolitics and economics and investing and business and things like that. You know, I've been studying these things for years and, and we talk about them on a weekly basis on this podcast, but there's a lot of things that I'm trying to learn and I want to learn more about. So for example, in 2023, I really want to understand insurance. I have a decent background in insurance. You know, I help clients understand different types of insurance products, but I'm not a world-class expert at it by any means. I've read probably 10 or 15 books during my life about insurance, which is really not enough. I mean, I have an understanding, but it's not like the thing that I know better than anybody else. So my goal in 2023 is really to fill in any type of gaps in my knowledge, really have a firm understanding of it and be able to talk intelligently about it, not just with a general public or a client, but really with another world-class expert. If they've dedicated their entire lives to it, maybe I'm not going to be that level, but at least I'm going to be able to understand it quite 
quite in-depth, ask intelligent questions and uncover new things. So that is one of the topics that I'm going to be really learning a lot about in 2023. Another one is philanthropy. You guys probably know that at 1018, I stepped up to the board of directors and I'm helping a lot with this nonprofit. And I find it very, very fascinating and very, very rewarding. You know, I've been working with them, I guess, for about two years now and did a couple of podcast episodes on it and started reading and researching about nonprofits and charities and philanthropy and giving and all of these types of things. Now, with 1018, I have gotten a chance to learn things firsthand from Jennings, who started the charity at 1018. She started it about 13, 14 years ago. So I've gotten a chance to learn firsthand from her. And what I've been able to bring is a lot of the business knowledge and marketing and, of course, my audience. So since I started working with the nonprofit, we've tripled the size of the charity, which has been fantastic. We've opened up a clinic, a new school, a daycare, new programs for the Skills for Life. We bought a farm. We introduced the literacy program. Now we're doing literacy 2.0. We opened a computer lab. So I helped grow this charity like massively over the last couple of years. But I know that we can do a lot better. There's, I know there's a lot more that we can do. So I'm going to spend a lot of time in 2023 really studying these ideas about charities and nonprofits. But then also for my client's side. Now, I've written books on how you itemize and how the taxation works, but I think we can go into a lot more detail. I think that there's a lot of tax planning that can be done through nonprofits, through charitable givings. There's a lot of work that we can do with trusts and foundations. There's a lot of other things that we're going to be able to explore in this. And I do help clients with this, and I do know and understand it. But I am not a absolute world-class expert on it. There is a lot to learn. So I will set aside probably 10%, maybe 20% of my reading allotment for 2023 just to understand these types of concepts. So I'll probably try to read, I would guess, 10, maybe 20 books just on philanthropy, on giving, on the tax code, on everything to do with this. So that at the end of the year, I really will know and understand a lot more. Once again, I am not trying to just say my goal for 2023 is to be a world-class expert at X. I'm going to look at it systematically and figure out a path to get there. And as I said, in Jamaica, I'm going to be planning this out a lot more. So those are kind of a couple of the main topics that I want to study. And I'm sure if I looked at my notes, then I could also find the other topics that I really want to dig into. And actually, if you guys have recommendations on books for these topics that you think that I should learn or read or study, then let me know. Shoot me an email or put it in our Facebook group at expatmoneyforum.com, expatmoneyforum.com and just say, you know, reading recommendations, Mikkel. I always love recommendations. So continuing on with reading, the other thing that I do is I am always looking at which books to read. So I will spend a good amount of time researching the book that I am going to read. So let's say that I break it down to a topic like insurance. I will go out there and I will start downloading every single podcast episode that I can find on insurance. And I'll start listening to these. I'll start listening to the experts who work in this field and the things that they listen and read. What are they studying? How are they getting educated? about these things. I will then go on Amazon and I will start looking at all of the recommendations and people who bought this book bought that book. And then I will order everything. I'll order, say, 20 books about the one topic and have them all delivered. Then I kind of look through the book and kind of skim through it. I'll look at the front cover. I'll read on the back. I'll read the forward at the front. I'll read the chapter or the table of contents at the beginning of all these books. And then I'll kind of map out, all right, these are the books that I think that 
that I should read. And I'd probably start with the most basic ones first to kind of build that foundational knowledge. And then I will move on to more complex books and larger books after all. I'm looking for my most bang for buck on understanding a concept. So if there's a book that's, you know, 150, 200 pages and it looks pretty simple, I'm going to devour that probably in a day. And then I will move on from there and I will start looking at other ones. And if there's recommendations in those books, I will go out there and I would read that. And then I have a spreadsheet where I've mapped out all of the reading material that I want to read that year, that I want to consume that year. And then I kind of balance things out. So sometimes I will go really in depth on one topic and I'll just read book after book after book after book on the same topic. And other times I try to read, you know, one or two of these books every month and then spread it out. It's kind of a little bit subjective and, you know, my feeling at that time. But the main point is that although I might buy 20 books about one topic, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to read every single one of the 20 books. Maybe at book 12, I really feel like I have a very firm understanding of things. And now I'm just kind of reading rehashed material and it's more of the same. Although this can be very good because it's basically spaced repetition. I, I'm getting, I'm reading things that I already know and understand, but I'm doing it in a delayed time period. Then there is certain sticking points in there than things that I will understand a second time. But at some point I'm going to go, okay, I really understand this. I'm not getting a lot more of the 80-20, that Pareto's law type of bang for your buck type of thing. And then I will finish the subject and I will move on to something else. And maybe that happens on book five. Maybe it happens on book 10 or 12. Maybe it happens on book 20. But there might be in my library, you know, six books or five books that I never ended up reading. And that's just because I just didn't really need to. And if I ever want to, I can go back to them. I have them in physical copy. I can review them. Or the same thing with Audible. Maybe I don't get to all of the books in Audible. But maybe in two years from now, I'll be sitting on a flight. I'll be looking for something to read. And that will will be downloaded and I need a refresher and I will go back to that type of book. So that's how I look at reading and continual education and how I map out a lot of my reading for the year. So this year I've already bought probably five or six books on insurance. I need to go out there and probably buy at least another 10 or 20 books on that and I will be doing that with other topics. Now I have stacks of books everywhere in my house. Basically everywhere that I sit or like to spend time, there will be books. So I have a nice rocking chair that I like to read. I've got probably 10, 12 books sitting there. Next to my bed, I have 10, 12 books. And then I have a library in my house with five full bookshelves, top to bottom bookshelves filled with things. And these are just as an expat. You can imagine how many books I've given away or sold or just left behind as I've moved overseas. But in my home right now, I have a full library with nice seating chairs. And my wife, even got me a really nice new reading lamp for 2023 for Christmas. So I'm looking forward to using that. But even in my library, I have stacks of books on my table there and near my desk and lots of other places. So depending where I am, if I have some free time, then I like to pick up a book and read for a little bit. Or if I have errands that I need to run, or if I'm in an Uber, I got to go for a walk or I have to get something done. I always have my headphones with me and I'll put in an audiobook. I'll listen for 30 minutes or 60 minutes or something. And because I listen at two times speed, three times speed most of the time, then I can plow through a lot of content that way. But I'm just super purposeful about all of this. I hope you understand. It's not just on a whim. I always spend a lot of time 
thinking out these things. And I spend a lot of time thinking out these things during my New Year's resolutions and planning it all out. And now I do that on these trips like Aruba last year and Jamaica. And I'm sure we did other trips together as well around the same time. But now I'm really specific about doing it during this period. Okay, moving on. That was a ton of information about reading. I didn't expect that section to go quite so long. So sorry about that if it went a bit long, but I just want you to really understand the way that my brain works and how I break down a lot of these different concepts and ideas. Okay, next, we are launching a new membership site. That should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Actually, to be fair, the membership site itself is actually ready. We have the content, we've got the idea, we have got the letters, the marketing, all of that stuff is correct. We're just working on the payment processing, which if you guys own an online business, you'll understand that shopping carts and merchant accounts and payment processors and banks is a complete pain in the ass, especially when you live overseas and especially when you're doing it tax free. It's just very complicated and making sure that it all works with the technology because although there might be great solutions out there, does it integrate with the technology you have? So we will be launching a new membership site coming out. Make sure that you guys are paying attention to this. I promise it's going to be huge. It is going to help so many people. It's just going to be fantastic. There's going to be a lot of benefits that are included in that. And I'm just so thrilled with it. I've been wanting to do this for years now and I just can't wait. Okay, moving on. Of course, we will be doing weekly podcast episodes, so that'll be 52 episodes of the podcast. My goal is to do 260 blog articles, which is basically one a day, Monday to Friday. We put out, I don't know what, maybe 200 blog articles at expatmoney.com during 2022. This is mostly covering a lot of the immigration rules and wealth protection rules. So a lot of things on trusts and foundations, a lot of things on digital nomad visas and citizenships and passports. There is a ton of resources out there that we put for free at expatmoney.com. So I hope you guys have bookmarked that site. You know, that was a lot of work in 2022. We're going to scale that up even more in 2023. My goal is to basically be the best Best resource on the internet for these types of matters. For everything that we talk about at Expat Money, we want to be the number one resource in the world for these types of resources. We're going to beat out all of our competitors. So once again, we don't just set the goal of we want to be the best in the world. I really break down how that works, what we need to do to accomplish there. Make sure that we have a reasonable timeline. Make sure that I have the staff and the talent to make it happen. By the way, it is not a one-man band. <laughs> Sometimes think people think that expat money is just me. It is not just me. I have a staff of 18. So it's not just me who accomplishes all of these things. I have full-time lawyers who work for me. I have got accountants. I've got content creators. I have technology people and web developers. I have a full-time graphic designer. You know, that's all she does is just graphic design for me. Help make sure that all of the pictures and everything is perfect. There's just tons of people who help me. So expat money is not a one-man band. 18 staff, probably we're going to look at hiring probably another five to 10 staff in 2023. I have a lot of new positions that I want to do and a lot of new things that I want to accomplish. And for that, we're going to need really great talent. So that is another thing. I would like to do 12 webinars, so basically monthly webinars at Expat Money during the year on different topics. Our webinars usually go for about two hours. Sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're free. Sometimes these ones might only be for the members of new membership community that I was just mentioning. We'll see how that works out. I'm going to map all of that out. Last year, we started our YouTube channel and we put out some really great content on YouTube and got a good response, but we didn't really scale it. We 
figured it out, how it works, how the best way to to grow it. And I think, you know, we have got about 3,000 people on YouTube, which is not nothing, but it's not a huge following by any means. The majority of my following is on the newsletter, where I think we're getting close to about 40,000 people who read the newsletter. And then obviously the podcast, which has been going for six years, seven years. You know, this is episode, I think this is episode 224. So, you know, the podcast is huge and the newsletter is is very, very good size, but our YouTube channel is definitely not. So we need to grow our YouTube channel. And for that, I need to come up with a plan. And part of that plan is producing original content, which will only be for YouTube. And I want to do 52 videos for that. So we've recorded a couple of the new videos. We're figuring out the new format and what we want to cover, what we want to talk about in the videos. And it's all going to be original content. So make sure you go to YouTube and you search my name, Thorpe, or even better, just search expat money or expat money show or something like that. And you should find me on there. And then you can subscribe. You can also go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash YouTube, and it will take you right to the subscribe button. And then you can make sure to follow us on that because in 2023, we are going to have so many cool new videos that are coming out on YouTube. So we're going to do 52 new videos plus the podcast episodes that get published there as interviews. So lots of stuff on YouTube. Next, we are doing a quarterly magazine. This is a physical magazine. It's a paper magazine that I'm publishing. And this is being sent out to all of my private clients. We've already done the first one. It should be getting sent out very, very soon. But it's completely created. It is called Expat Money Trends. It is... Amazing. I'm super impressed with it. The work of my staff, they've done a fantastic job with the graphic design and the layout and the typesetting and everything. I'm really excited about this one. So this is going to be an extra benefit for a lot of my clients. And we might include a digital copy of it for the membership site. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how that goes. But definitely a physical copy will be going out to my private clients that they will be able to collect and read. So we've already done the first magazine and we're working on the second one and we'll start shipping out the first one very soon. So that's Expat Money Trends. I want to do that quarterly, so basically every three months. Next, we started launching trips. So in 2022, we did our first trip to Uruguay. I took a group of clients, of all private clients, down to Uruguay for a week with me. And this is really about how I do my due diligence, what I look for when I'm looking at a new expat destination. We learned a lot about the immigration, about the taxation on the lifestyle, the investment, the agriculture, the real estate, everything that really makes sense for an expat and all the things that really make sense on the work that I do. I am not an armchair traveler by any means. I really do a lot of these things myself and, and actually visit the countries, take a ton of notes and make a lot of relationships. So I thought, you know what, this is going to be really fun if I bring some of my clients with me and then they get to also see. So we did conference material in the morning and then we did activities in the afternoon, field trips and things like this to go and see it. And some of it's fantastic and some of it is not. And then we get to make that decision. We see for ourselves. We we see it, we smell it, we touch it, we taste it. You know, it's all physical. We, you know, this is not just about online research. There's a lot of it that we really do in person. Now, I do have a full-time researcher. Actually, when we talked about staff, I should have mentioned this. I have full-time researchers, 40 hours a week. That's all they do is research for me and look at government websites and stay on top of a lot of the information. And these things get printed out for me and I just read these briefs 
briefings at night as well from my staff on all of the changes so I can keep up to date about it for all of my private clients so they don't need to worry about checking government websites and stuff like that. But at the same time, I still like to go and visit the countries and and meet the lawyers and learn about everything myself and then really see it. So that's what we did. We did our very first trip to Uruguay. Now, I have done lots of events overseas. We did lots of events in the UAE. We did in Colombia. We did in Brazil. We've done in Costa Rica. We've done in Belize and many countries in the world. I've done events and meetups and one-day conferences and workshops and masterminds and things like that. But this was the first time getting a group of people on an airplane together and then being in charge of the group and taking them down there and having the bus waiting for them and the hotels set up and the restaurants and everything like that. So in 2023, I have three trips planned like this and possibly a fourth. We'll see how it goes. So we will do Uruguay again because I think that that is going to be amazing. We had so much success with Uruguay in 2022. I thought we would do that one again. Then we're going to do one in Panama as well. You know, I live in Panama full time, so I know Panama very, very well. And I have all the contacts and the lawyers and everything that people would need to get set up here. And it is a country that I work in quite actively with a lot of my private clients. So we'll bring down a group of about 25 people for that. And then we're going to do the Channel Islands. So that will be Jersey, Guernsey, and Sark. So we'll actually start in London, and then we'll do a trip together through this region for a week. Now, My last trip was only available to my private clients. I think in 2023, what I'll be doing is it will be all of my private clients will get an invite and anybody who is part of the new membership site, they're also going to get invites to join us. So these are going to be small, intimate tours. I am leading them myself. I am physically there with you. So you get to come and hang out with me for a week. You get to see how I do my due diligence. You get to meet all of my contacts and friends and the people that I work with in these countries. And then we're going to learn about all of this together. We're going to have a lot of fun as well. I love to eat. We love to drink nice red wine. You know, we'll have cocktails together. We'll really start building these things out. And then you get to meet a lot of like-minded people as well. So if you are a private client, then amazing. You will be getting emails from me right now. Actually, I've already sent out some invitations to these trips. So make sure that you book these. They're going to be very small, like 20 people, 25 people max. So if these are things that you want to do, then you need to book them ASAP because I could easily see these selling out in a couple of weeks. And then we're going to be launching them for the membership site as well. So as soon as I launch the membership site, make sure to subscribe to that to become a member. It's not going to be a cheap program. It's going to be a really high quality program but the benefits that you're going to get from it are going to be huge. And side note, the membership site is called The Hub. So the idea with the membership site is that there is always a hub. You know, you can think of a major airline hub and from there you can go everywhere. And that's what I was really thinking about when I created this concept. So we're going to be having the hub membership and from there you're going to be able to go anywhere in the world. We're going to have all of the resources. We'll have these trips. We'll have a ton of extra knowledge. We've got a library of content there. We're going to have our own private social media, which is not Facebook, which is completely different, where people will be able to interact and get to know each other and ask questions. I'm going to be very involved in this program as well. So there's going to be a lot more interaction with me. It's going to be really fantastic. And we're going to have different levels. We're going to have the business class level and then the first class level. And then obviously the private clients or otherwise, you know, flying private is kind of the idea for this one. Like when you charter an airplane, you're going to be able to fly private. So that's the private clients. The first class members is going to have some group coaching involved. And then the business class will be just the normal regular
regular level. It's going to be really exciting. I can't wait to launch it and show all of you guys. Okay, I have just realized that I need to go out for lunch. I have a meeting with my accountant right now. I am going to stop the recording right now and I will come back this afternoon because I'm only about three quarters the way through, maybe half the way through of what I wanted to do for today's episode. So I will come back. So if the audio is a little bit different when I get back, or I have had a couple of glasses of wine after lunch, don't hold it against me. Okay. I'll talk to you in a minute. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.